Welcome to Corporate Governance at LSE. My name is Tom Kirchmer and I have with me Carol Sodai, who is Vice Chairman and Chief Financial Officer of PwC in the US. Hi, Carol. Hi, Tom. The big question is, you're interested in talent and you're interested in technology. Big part of talent are women is something we are interested. So and what we observe is we have about 50, 51, 52% of women coming out of the university and we have like 6% ending up uh, on a board. Where do we lose them all? Well, I think traditionally, at least in the professional services mm. business, which obviously I've spent a good portion of my career in, um, the traditional model for professional services was really much bring people in and you get promoted regularly, mm. but at every level of promotion, lots of people drop out. And it was really part of the model to have, you know, maybe one in 10 ultimately mm. make partner. So historically, that was fine with us uh, because we only needed so many partners at the top of the pyramid. I think what we're finding, though, pretty rapidly is that as we grow and our headcount needs to grow commensurate with our revenue growth and our competitors are growing, meanwhile, our, the, the Western world, really, the U.S. and Western Europe, um, is seeing a much slower growth in their overall population. Everybody's aging. The number of people coming out of schools is a lot less. And so what we're really trying to do now is change that business mm -hmm. model, slow it down, keep people longer, to hopefully not end up in the place that you suggest, which yeah. is starting out at 50%, ending up at 6%. So you're, in a way, trying to bring people through the organization and avoid actually them dropping out because of childcare or other things. How do you do it? Um, well, what we've done is we've looked at it and said, well, and, and candidly, millennials are a lot more like women historically have mm -hmm. been, which is millennials are demanding a different relationship with their employers, um, one that's a little more flexible, mm -hmm. one that's a little more under their control. And so what we've found is not only is this working for retaining women, it's actually working for retaining um, uh, this new generation of mm -hmm. um, workforce, which is looking for something different. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing we think they're looking for is a more flexible way of work, a broader value proposition than just money. Um, they want to be able to work anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Technology is now enabling us to be much more flexible with our workforce. And it's working on the ground, is it? It's really working, actually, and our people are liking it. Our people scores, we do a, you know, an annual survey with all of our people, and every year uh, the scores go up and up, and when they put in written comments, the thing they talk about more than anything is that we're giving them flexibility, which means it's not just a war for talent around compensation. It's quite interesting, but do you provide a bit more like childcare or do you leave it to people to sort this out? Uh, the way I look at it is what we're trying to give people is flexibility broadly defined. You know, work anywhere, anytime, any place means if you need to work on a much reduced schedule and that works for you, mm. well, we can find a way for that to fit into our broader, you know, um, compensation arrangements and work arrangements. So part-time is important for you? Part-time is very important. We actually have something called the Flexible Talent Network. Admittedly, it's mostly women, but it's not only. And essentially, they work principally during our busy season. But whenever our ebbs and flows are at the highest, we bring in a group of people who are essentially sort of ready to work for us. And we sort of ask and say, are you available now? And they'll sign up. And a lot of them know that they'll do that during our busiest periods in January through March. 
and they could really work full time then. They staff up their own personal arrangements during that time, but then take off much of the rest of the year. And that keeps their credentials and it also allows them to make some extra money and gets them through those years when you know they would like to be home a lot more than they want to be at an office. That leads me to the next question. Do you see it actually in the numbers that you retain more women using It's these working. Tools? In short, yeah. it's working. Yeah. Um, I mentioned, though, that I really think that this is a bigger issue for the whole millennial population, and what we were seeing was really, really bad um, turnover uh, and retention issues with our people historically. And once we started um, changing the way we were looking at how our people work and giving them flexibility, we've really brought the, the turnover rate down significantly. So you're based in the US. In Europe, we think a lot about quotas and as a way of bringing in women into the workforce. Do you think quotas are a way forward? You know, as a woman, I got to tell you, yeah. I, I'm not that supportive because I feel like there's an asterisk next to your name or something mm -hmm. if you're brought in in some kind of quota. I'd rather fix the problem from this grassroots up. It's getting women in particular through that, you know, fifth year through the tenth year when that's a high percentage likelihood that they're focused on family. And so it's during that period of time that if we can focus on leaning in a bit and, and, and helping them get through with some kind of flexibility, I think we solve the root cause that should allow us not to have to have quotas at the top. Now, Lean In is the title of a big book. Yes. You know, about women being more forceful. Yes. Do you also see that there's an impact of this book, or do you see yes. like a changing behavior? Um, it's not an accident. Yeah. Um, Sheryl Sandberg, who yeah. wrote Lean In, um, uh, PwC and Sheryl Sandberg um, cooperated with each other on um, what we call PwC talks. And um, Cheryl talked a lot about her book, which was Lean In, and our response was, well, we want to lean into as an organization and meet women halfway. So she's asking women to lean in a little more, ask for what you want, you know, uh, demand certain things. We're saying an organization, though, has to do the same and meet a woman's needs because it's not good enough for them just to lean in. We have to lean in and meet them halfway. Makes perfect sense. In Europe, we talk a lot about institutions and the role of the state. What's your view in it? Does the state, should the state lean in in a way and become more forceful in providing childcare and providing better institutions or should we keep the state out? I, I guess I'm much more focused and we are on flexibility broadly defined and that's difficult to say. Is it about childcare? Is it about adult care? Is it about aging parents? Is it about um, people wanting to have different things in their life that are priorities? So, we're a bit agnostic about um, who should be enabling whatever that personal issue is. What we would like to do is give our people the flexibility to be able to balance their work in life or integrate their work in life in a way that works for them. And, and many times you give them the tools and they can work from home or they can work from wherever they need to that reduces commute times, reduces all sorts of things, the frictional costs in your daily life, right? And you may or may not need some kind of support from other agencies or family members or um, school systems. Um, but I think we feel like what we're giving is the flexibility to allow you to decide how best to manage that part of your life. 
sounds very good. You know, I'm a big fan of flexibility, but you know, that brings me to the technology question. So you're interested in technology. How do you practically do it? Did you integrate people into your network, although they're all over the place? We've really got a spectrum of people um, that that all need tools, though, to interact with either their clients, collaborate with their clients, or collaborate with each other. And often those teams are global, national, or local. And so what we've done is really adopt tools that allow us to have a lot of virtual teaming through um, team spaces and through video conferencing that really makes people have to actively participate, whether that's in a video conference that is a little bit more active when you're looking at each other, uh, harder to multitask, let's say, or sharing and collaborating on a document where it's very clear who's actually actively participating. And I think those tools, are people really like the tools because um, uh, they're more efficient and effective and, and you can get things done all at one time together as opposed to versions going back and forth and things like that. It also allows you to be much more um, proactive in conversations because you're naturally talking to each other and you can quickly forget that you're actually not in front of each other physically. How do the clients react? Because historically the clients wanted to see you if you build them afterwards for the hour. So I'll be honest with you, okay. they've got the same desires as we do and that's a good thing. Um, it's a funny thing because our clients don't necessarily always want to see us as much as maybe the way we used to work. Um, they're looking for flexibility as well. They're actually willing and happily using the same tools that we provide them. And so we're doing video conferences with them. We're collaborating with team spaces with them. We have virtual data centers that used to be you know, physical rooms with documents in them are now electronic you know, databases that everyone is sort of in electronically at the same time. We're working very differently. Uh, I, I think you know the easiest way to describe it is I think the millennial generation today calls friends people that quite honestly they've never even met. And so I think that works with our clients too. That's good. But it looks like it's a revolution for everybody, not just for women. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Because no, you know, for a long time it was the right thing to do to try to help women come along. This is, in my view, very compelling from a business case point of view and who better to re engage than 50% of the population that was really not getting engaged as much as the rest because in the past there weren't the tools and quite honestly the necessity from a talent scarcity point of view that exists today and in, in fact we've got a whole generation of millennials that see this as a more attractive way to work anyway. Perfect closing statement. Carol, many thanks for coming in. Thank you.